1: Keeping the U.S. pork industry healthy and free of foreign disease is a top priority for producers and the organizations that represent them at both the state and federal levels. And between African swine fever and the new Japanese encephalitis virus, biosecurity is front and center. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Paul Sundberg is the executive director of the Swine Health Information Center. This is a research network that focuses on emerging disease in the pork industry. He tells me about the work they're doing to make sure the U.S. border stays biosecure.
0: When Porcine epidemic diarrhea got into the U.S. in 2013, the National Pork Board said we're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So we need some some focus somehow on emerging diseases that are not USDA regulated, but they're production diseases. So that's why the center was stood up in 2015 um, with a grant from the National Pork Board. And it's totally focused on uh, emerging disease. We monitor for emerging diseases domestically and internationally, so we can kind of predict what may come at us. We look at data around the industry domestically, again, to predict and see what's happening. And then we do targeted research to either prevent those diseases from coming or at least be prepared for them should they get here. So that's what the center does.
1: When we talk with our pork producers and pork industry representatives, a lot of the attention has been on African swine fever or ASF. Your focus, however, is, is a little different. There, there's something else that producers may have to be aware of?
0: Well, there's a lot of things going on around the world, and African swine fever certainly is one of them. But there's another thing happening in Australia right now, and they're having an outbreak of Japanese encephalitis virus that's a virus that's transmitted by mosquitoes it's in the same family as west nile virus which we have here we don't have jev in the country but we do have west nile it's transmitted the same way uh, mosquitoes biting birds and birds carrying it the way that it happens with pigs though is that pigs are what's called an amplifying host so if they get the virus in a pig that pig helps the virus grow to higher levels than other animals so, it's more of a risk for those mosquitoes rebiting a pig because they'll pick up virus and be able to spread it. So, Japanese encephalitis virus is, is an emerging disease. It's what's called zoonotic, so, it is a disease of both animals and people. People can get it as well. The Australian experience has borne out both of those uh, reproductive issues in pigs, and encephalitis, and some death in people in Australia.
1: Okay, so uh, not only an animal health risk or animal production risk, but a human health risk as well. It sure is. What does a response look like, or what what do your duties entail to make sure that we can respond to this threat?
0: Well, one of the biggest things to do right away is to make sure that we can diagnose it, that we can find it, that we can detect it should it get here. It's a new strain of JEV, of Japanese encephalitis virus. It's a new strain, and one of the things that we're working with USDA on is to ensure that The tests that we have in our diagnostic labs can detect that new strain. Australia had to do some work to be able to do that. We want to make sure, for example, that we will uh, have that at ready should it get here. We want to know how to keep it out of the country. We're doing a risk assessment of ways that it could get into the country to see if we can close those windows. And we're also doing some, going to be doing some targeted research on responses, um, working with USDA on what their response would be, the CDC on what their response would be and what we need to have in our toolbox in order to be able to respond.
1: And give us a sense of how much trade are we doing with Australia with hogs? Is there a lot of movement between our two countries? Yeah, there's
0: not. There's not a lot of movement with hogs. There is some import that they import from us, but we don't get a lot from them. Uh, So for Japanese encephalitis virus, though, it's possible that we could import their mosquitoes and infected mosquitoes on airplanes that's one way that it could get in here another way that it might be able to get in here is infected birds that come down from the flyways through Alaska and down into California in the western U.S. that flyway those birds could Potentially carry Japanese encephalitis virus and they bring it down here. We've got mosquitoes in the country that would be able to spread it around.
1: You know, one of the saddest things is a producer having to depopulate their herd. It's an economic setback. Is this another topic of discussion in regards to JEV? It's part of the response plan.
0: What we're doing is trying to learn from the Australian experience so we can make sure that we're prepared. The initial USDA response in their initial documents was, yeah, we're going to depopulate those farms. They have seen Australia and how they've handled it as well, and we've talked to the USDA about it, and they're changing that response plan. So that's a good thing. There's a lot of movement, there's a lot of collaboration, and um, there's a lot of communication that's going to help us, again, prevent, prepare, and if we have to, respond.
1: So where are you reporting to with your with strategy or recommendations?
0: So um, the website that we have is swinehealth.org, swinehealth.org, all of the things that we're doing with Japanese encephalitis virus, including a couple of webinars and seminars that we've put on, so there's a lot of information on swinehealth.org about Japanese encephalitis.
1: This isn't the only thing you're doing. I mean, Can you tell me more about other work in biosecurity that's taking stage for SHC?
0: One of the things the center does is analyze data and look for trends. And one of the things that we found in that data is that it's probable that our breeding herds are becoming infected with different pathogens after our finishing herds become. The finishing herds get infected with PERS or PED and they serve as a nidus, they serve as a source of that virus for the breeding herds. And so what we're focusing on is how we can help strengthen biosecurity specifically on finishing floors and the transport vehicles that we use to move pigs around to keep pathogens from, from transporting back and forth. If we can interrupt that infection on the finishing herds, we think we'll be able to, to interrupt infections in breeding herds and minimize the economic losses.
1: And just to give people an idea when it comes to biosecurity for the pork industry, for example, it touches a lot of other industries as well. Feed, Veterinary services. Anyone coming on and off the farm?
0: That's right. It's all about traffic, and it's all about the number of risky events that happen. The less risky events you can have happen on your farm, the the better your biosecurity. So what we're trying to do is help with finding new innovative ways to decrease risk, to decrease that, and increase biosecurity on the farm.
1: Anything else, Dr. Paul, that you want to share with us uh, about what the center is up to or can look forward to in 2023?
0: So, yeah, in 2023, right now, we're, we're putting together our 2023 plan of work. And I'd encourage people to go onto our website. There's a document on there that describes our 2022 plan of work. and. If the people would read that, and if there's any ideas at all, my contact information is right there, email or telephone is right there, and I want ideas from people about what we should be focusing on in 2023.
1: We're talking with Dr. Paul Sundberg, the executive director of the Swine Health Information Center. Again, that's a research network that focuses on emerging diseases in the pork industry. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.